everybody. Welcome to Queer Christian Conversations. Hello, my podcast listeners. Today, we are going to be talking about Gay Girl, Good God, the book by Jackie Hill Perry, an ex-gay testimony. And I am Coach Yema. I am someone that is here to help you make peace with your faith and your sexuality. I am so excited to have this conversation, y'all. Um, I have been getting all kinds of DMs because I told you guys that I got the book. So everyone's been hitting me up um, and letting me know, like, when are you going to finish reading the book? When are we going to get your your take on it? So that's what we're here to do. I'm so excited. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome in. Make sure you hit that share button. Put in somebody's DM so they can join us. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. I'm going to give you some a t- uh, chance to to come on in and pop in, tell me how your day's going. How's your Thursday? Yes, we're going live today at 3 p.m. instead of um, 5.30, that may be the new time. I have a client that wants to go, um, wants to do their sessions um, at the time that we normally did it, so that's why we have adjusted a little bit, but come on in. Hello, hello, hello. All right, let me know if you've read the book. Um, if you have been given um, the uh, the Gay Girl Good God book as a testimony on the the miracle work and power of Jesus to um, to change you from gay to straight. All right, and I I looked up uh, for the ex trans testimony. I hadn't heard about this lady before. Her name is Linda Sealers. Um, so I tried to listen to it, but honestly, I was like, I can't. Um, <laughs> I'll probably force myself to listen to it a little later, but I tried to kind of peruse through it, and I was like, mm, 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 mm. no, there was a lot happening there. Um, and most of these, uh, it's interesting, the focus on the family has a lot of uh, these ex-gay, um, ex-trans testimonies where they do on their podcasts and their interviews. And uh, I was watching the one with Jackie Hill Perry, and it was awkward. It was so strange. It was almost like the guy was trying to um, dictate her story in a way and kind of like tell her what she was supposed to say and lead her. And you can tell um, from from uh, Jackie kind of her responses. It seemed like she was a little uncomfortable and annoyed, uh, but because he was trying to like create you know, what the story was supposed to be according to the narrative, okay? Hello, Cole. Hey, Coach K. Um, let's jump in here and have this conversation. Tell me how you're doing. I um, joined, hey, Anna. I joined and did a um, a speaking. I, I was a guest speaker at the Our Bible app um, youth group on Monday. Super fun. But they did this thing, which I thought I would share here with you guys, where you break out into the small groups and then you do um, your highs and lows for for the week. So I think maybe that's what I'll start doing. And if you guys want to put your highs and your lows in the comments, please do so and let me know. So um, definitely my high was definitely talking to the Our Bible app people. Um, those kids are awesome and they're so free. I mean, I asked, I'm so glad I got a chance to do it. I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed it to the fullest. All right. And then I learned about uh, Kahoot. Is it Kahoot? Apparently there's this thing you can like play games with people. I was like, wow, I'm, I might be getting a little old. Um, and the person who asked me about David Bennett, I have not heard about David Bennett. Um, 
Laura says, doing great. So happy to have found you. I'm so happy you have found me too. And thank you for joining me live today. All right. So let's see here. Um, my high was that, the Our Bible app conversation. My, well, I, also another high of mine. Now, if you guys don't know, I'm from West Africa, Liberia. And my tribe, if you haven't seen like the new fad going around, people, uh, people eating fufu for the mukbangs. Um, that is my favorite meal and so I've had a chance to cook it for myself and has it like was a real beautiful self-love practice for me like cooking for myself and sitting down and eating it. I loved it. Okay, it was like the best thing ever. I'm doing great. Hi, um, Anna. Hi's got a new job at elementary school. Yay. Congratulations, Anna. And the low, I had to leave a homophobic Bible study. Honestly, Anna, that sounds like a high. That doesn't sound like you lost anything if they were homophobic, okay? Um, his book, War of Love, is spectacular. So David Bennett, okay. Hey, Brother Murphy. How y'all doing? Hello, hello. All right, so um, let's get into this. Today, we're talking about, if you're just joining me, welcome to Queer Christian Conversations with me, your host, Kojima. I am... Um, here to help LGBTQ plus people who identify as Christians to make peace with their faith and their sexuality. And uh, today we're talking about the book. You know what? Y'all, I left the book on the counter. I have to go get it. Dang it. Give me a second. Ooh, I'm so mad. Uh, give me one second. Let me go grab it. Okay, I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere now. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Let me come back. Hold on. Ooh, let me go get it. I left it right on the counter, but it's right here. It's right here. Hold on. Let me get back in my chair. Let me get back comfortable. I don't want y'all to see that I have on um, <laughs> sweatpants. I mean, I really don't care. Obviously, I have sweatpants on. Okay. All right. So, I got it. Um, hi, Jonathan. Johanna says, we'll wait. Thank you, honey. Thank you for waiting on me. Sorry for that little awkward pause podcast, people. So this is the book that we are going to be talking about today. Um, and the reason why I wanted to do this, there was a question about how to respond to ex-gay testimonies. And then um, the conversations that I have on the phones with people who set up the free 50-minute um, call with me bring up this book a lot. And my clients have also um, referenced this book as something that has been extremely harmful um, to them. And I hadn't read it. I mean, I knew the book came out. I've known Jackie for a really long time when she first did her uh, her first spoken word, Life of a Stud. Loved spoken word poetry, fell in love with it because of her and Preston and Ezekiel and I Am Genetics had that really great poem, uh, poem about um, I'll Wait For You. So I loved all of that and I knew her testimony and at the time that I actually... Uh, got familiar with Jackie. I was also in the same space that um, she was in where I was um, denying my same-sex attractions. Um, you guys give me some grace on this in this live today to use that term because that is the term that she used. So was denying my bi identity and was just saying like, I am... I'm straight. Um, God made me as a straight person. I'm going to submit to that. So her poem at that time really resonated with me. And um, as I really progressed in my own journey and really began to embrace all of who I was, it was in that time that she came out with this book and I never picked it up. I was curious about it, but not curious enough to read it. <laughs> I wasn't interested, okay? Because I knew what she was gonna say. 
and um, I started I picked it up about a week or two ago and I've been reading it and the beginning of the book is very poetic okay so I enjoyed it for that part of it very poetic very beautiful um, I thought her story and her honesty was um, is amazing in the book so I'm not gonna bash um, Jackie at all I respect her I honor her um, as another young black woman in this Christian space whether or not she's on the other side of things now the writings and her messaging is infuriating to me I thought I would calm down by today but I don't think that's going to happen so that's fine but this is all about respect and honor I'm not here to to speak bad about nobody okay so if that is why you're tuning in I am sorry to disappoint we're gonna we're gonna be Christians right and be and be gracious toward it so the beginning of the book is her story and uh, she shares you know how her same-sex attractions was a very very young age how it felt as natural to her as smiling um, funny thing though on her in her interview with the focus on the family she said she was actually attracted to both blink blink okay um she said she was attracted to both so it's not she's not a lesbian um so just get rid of that for in the beginning she said it in some other interviews too that people have been letting me know where she's she has said that she's attracted to both so she's not full-on i was full-on lesbian and then god gave me this supernatural desire for a man that is not really and she doesn't talk about being attracted to both in here but that is not fully her story um so because yeah um Annan said they are always wondered about that i did the, i did too because if i'm bisexual and so I don't fully know the, I don't know the road that a lesbian or a gay person would travel in this kind of space. But I just always wondered if I was 100% um, lesbian, if that would be a possibility. Obviously, I'll let you guys know in a little bit, but spoiler alert, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You guys know I have my notes in front of me here as well, because I'm going to give you some tips and then we're going to go through... Um, this conversation if you have questions as I go through please pop them down in the comments okay so the first thing when I was going through the book that Jackie obviously has some assumptions and you have to understand that when she's when you're reading the book okay number one thing that I didn't know that I learned from an interview that she's done is that she's very heavily mostly influenced by John Piper who's a Calvinist okay so their theology about sin and about Jesus is very different so um what oh hold on a minute I almost I almost ended the live I'm trying to wave to everybody as you guys are coming in so her theology about sin about hell is what informs the conversation that she's going to have about being gay and being Christian so the the understanding of this book from jackie is that you cannot be both okay so when her her stance and her perspective in this book is based off of that okay obviously i don't 
agree with her i think most of us on here don't agree with her but it's coming from a calvinistic perspective now for me i'm non-denominational but if i were to put myself in a box i'm charismatic i'm someone who believes in the gospel some people say the hyper grace gospel of of god and what jesus did which is this simply that there is if you believe in hell there is only one reason that somebody would go to hell and that would be because they do not believe in jesus but your sexuality you lying you stealing you um now sexuality is not the sin but these other people that would consider these things to be sin um lying stealing adultery fornication having sex out of marriage which is not what fornication actually talks about in the bible but that's a different life um i've already talked about that before but i don't ascribe to the understanding that these things are going to send you to hell if you are a believer because once you believe in jesus you're forgiven for past present and future of everything so the sacrifice of jesus on the cross wasn't like it's not um conditional it's complete and one thing um with jackie that i see in her book as she's writing is that she approaches god from the the perspective of a servant okay and not so much for um as from a child's perspective and jesus's example this is the part that really infuriated me jesus's example on the cross is our example and not that jesus was a sacrifice for us is like be in her chapter called endurance which is what we're mo mostly going to be talking about today in that chapter she's really saying that we are supposed to um accept a life of suffering and she uses words like excruciating bloody painful it's just like what girl now if that's the type of god like after reading this book if that's the type of god you're ascribing to i don't want no parts of him okay like it makes me want to be more gay <laughs> We go laugh a little bit. This actually makes me want to be more gay after reading this because this God that you're talking about sounds like what's the is it the sadist or masochist? Which one? Which one is it that loves to put people in pain? Sounds really like there's some BDSM crap going on with this kind of God that I don't want any parts of. Okay, like it makes me want to go do more gay stuff really okay um so that number one is understanding her perspective you cannot be both gay and you cannot be both both christian and the way in the beginning chapters that she talks about um the gay community is that you she said that the gay community couldn't give her what her church community gave her which was god so in her understanding there is no possibility and there is no god within the queer community now here we are on this live step together we're queer we're christian so obviously that is a lie okay right are we are we in agreement okay let me pull up these notes let me put my glasses on y'all let that sizzle in your spirit a little bit let me pull this up um because i don't want to miss anything all right. Um, something else because of her Calvinistic understanding of God as a punisher is that she believed 
when she was saved um, by God in her bedroom by herself and heard this thing from God and God told her she was dating um, a woman at the time, the love of her life. And she said that God told her, and this is in her, her poem, Life of a Stud as well, that that woman is going to be the death of you. And she clarifies on later in other interviews that she's done that it wasn't just the fact that she was homosexual, which she we've talked about just now. We don't really know if she was actually homosexual. She can buy a bisexual. Um, but she heard that and it helped her realize that God was against um, her being homosexual because she heard this voice saying that God was um, that this woman was going to be the death of her but also there are other things that Jackie was doing at the time in her life that wasn't very healthy for her okay so it was a holistic calling um, from God for her to come to God and I that's something I do really love about the book that she really clarifies that God doesn't call us to be straight she does say that okay God doesn't call us to the heterosexual gospel as she says God calls us to himself and I do agree with that I do agree that the call hey Reagan I do agree that the call of God is not for us to change our sexuality like if it's a real call from God God's calling you um, for God to love on you this is where me and her differ God is calling us to show up for God to love us from Jackie's perspective God is calling us for for us to love God so the work in the relationship that we have with God is completely based upon our um, performance, our ability to obey, our ability to sacrifice. You know, all of those words, sacrifice, deny yourself, crucify yourself, um, carry your cross, die daily. All of that messaging is definitely in here in this book. So I'm just trying to give you guys like a, a general understanding to see that her perspective and her stance is not just about the sexuality. At the core, her theology is very, very um, punitive. It's a very punitive gospel that she's taken on, which makes sense. I tried to read John Piper's book, um, and I love the fact that uh, in the beginning of the book was about us experiencing the pleasure of God, God being a God of pleasure. But for some reason, I have just not been able to get to chapter two. Actually, I think I've been stuck in the introduction, to be honest with you. I haven't been able to move on because that is just not the way that I know God. And the way I know God wasn't developed in church. The way that I know God was God, I needed to believe that God was a good God. Number one, that God was a loving God in a very intense anxiety written season of my life where I literally lived with intense fear every second. And I needed God to be the God that I heard in Sunday school, that he was good, that he was loving, that God would give me peace, okay? And it was in that process when I stopped serving God out of fear and got to where I fell in love with God that God showed me who he was. Now, God is the God that rejoices over me. God is the God that loves me. God is the God that wipes my tears at night. God is the God that's my best friend, okay, has fun with me. That is the God I know. The God that's in this Bible, I'm not in this Bible, <laughs> the way the church is treating it, right? It sounds like it's a, it's a Bible, but the, the God that's in this book is the difference between 
Um, the story with the prodigal son, we've talked about this before, the prodigal son and um, the son that stayed at home. They both had the same father, right? But one of them experienced the father as a parent and the other one experienced the father as an authority figure where they had to please all the time. This is who this God is that Jackie is in relationship with. Do we understand that? Does that make sense? Um, Asic says, I feel like Jackie contradicts herself sometimes. Um, Ezekiel 16, 49 for Sodom and Gomorrah. Absolutely, because it wasn't because of um, homosexual activities. I don't know how we skip the whole gang rape thing and, and go straight to homosexual activities and, and miss the fact that the Bible actually says it was because of pride and all these other things, okay? But we're, we're not going there today. That's for another day. And so this is what she presents. You can't be gay. You can't be, you can't be gay and Christian. If you choose to be gay, Jackie says you're identifying with sin, okay? And it's actually you walking in disobedience and unbelief toward God. What a huge statement. I mean, incredible statement that she makes. So her solution Number one, to how do we change this? Before she gets in, so it, the book is in two parts, right? The first part's her story, and the last part is her giving practical advice on how to live as a same-sex attracted Christian. Right before, like in the middle of the two parts, she references that we need to believe that God is a miracle-working God. All right, give me a minute. Whew. So the only way that we, that she proposes in the very beginning before she gets to the practical steps that we can really believe that we can change is that we need to believe that God still works miracles. Absolutely, I'm all for miracles. God could do anything, yeah? Um, but from Jackie's story, and what I'm, I heard and the reason why I think she said that is because in her story, when she's explaining the process of her courtship with Preston, it sounds like someone had put her fingers on a table and was smashing them with a hammer. Like it was extremely painful. She didn't want to be with him. She couldn't see how she could be with him. And in that part of the story, honestly, I felt um, compassion and I felt a deep sadness for her because it's very clear from my reading, maybe not from Jackie's point of view when she was writing it, that she sincerely really would rather be with that woman that she broke up with um, in the beginning of her story at the age of 19. She um, regularly refers to that relationship as the love of her life. And honestly, guys, to even think about it from Preston's standpoint, I don't know how he's able to, um, you know, kudos to him and and how they're working that out. That's none of my business. But uh, from reading it, it's very clear and her languaging is very clear that Jackie um, still deeply, and she doesn't deny this, which I love that. She doesn't deny that she still, you know, love women and that it's a daily struggle that she talks about in the end. So for me... From that standpoint, I think it's very crucial for the church that she's saying that, yes, I got saved, but it didn't go away, right? 
Um, I'm still this person. I still have these attractions because we know what the church was saying with the other ex-gay testimonies. Come to God, okay? And you're going to get delivered from the homosexual demon. I mean, Jackie is as saved as can be. And sis is still got attractions to women. I don't know how you couldn't. I mean, look at us. You know what I mean? Women are beautiful. Hey, Toya. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to read this. Um, when she got saved and went to work the next day, and she uh, saw this girl in in the line at the um, at the uh, at the fast food restaurant that she was working at, and she says this thing um, that really so beautiful, so amazing, um, and it just let me know, girl, you still on our team? It's all right. <laughs> Come on home. But she says this, she says, salvation didn't disable my eyes from functioning, nor her beauty from disrupting the room. Ugh, she is a beautiful poet. Can you, can you just hear, hear the love for women in this girl's heart? You know, beautiful. Um, so that is very clear throughout the, throughout the book. Um, and, you know, we have to honor the fact that this is the God that Jackie believes is real, right? Um, right, Coach K? Isn't that gorgeous? I mean, so many other instances where she just, when she talks about women and it's just like, it resonates, you know? Like, it really, really resonates with someone who's attracted to um, the female gender. Now, when she gets to talking about her relationship with Preston. Here's where the contradictions start to come in. She says here that this budding attraction was more about him than it was about his gender, right? So for people who are same-sex attracted, I told you guys to give me some, some grace with that, using that term, because we're talking about this book. For people who are same-sex attracted, I don't think that we scan somebody's body to decide if we want to be attracted to them or not okay for people who are it's like we fall in love with the person this is not anything new like this is not some brand new thing that the church thinks that oh i'm gonna make sure they have a vagina or a penis or whatever else has happened down there and then i'm gonna be attracted to them that's not how attraction happens so if this is the case jackie if it's okay that you can be attracted to a person and then their gender, why do you think that it would not be okay with God for you to love people? People who, people like me who are bisexual, people who are gay and lesbian are not here waiting and checking and scanning someone's body for their genitalia before we decide that we're attracted to them. So this is the exact same thing that you went through, right? So I guess for her, in her situation, she would be attracted to the person and then figure out that they're a woman and then decide that she doesn't want to be with them, I guess. Okay. Hey, Melinda. Um, she says, my affection for the person he was eventually produced in me a desire for all that he was, his personality, personality and his manliness. Yes, of course. That's how, we, that's how this works. Okay, the the sad the sad rhetoric in the church when it comes to homosexuality is that it's, they've made it all about sex. 
that oh you're you're gay you're bisexual you're lesbian you just want to go out there and have a bunch of sex absolutely not and with the clients that I do work with, that is a huge hang up because they tell me, I don't want to go out and have a bunch of sex. Like, I just want a loving relationship. Yes, of course you do. That's what your sexual orientation is. That's what your romantic orientation is. It's not about you just going out and having sex, okay? Which Jackie obviously is going through the same thing, all right? And then when she gets to the part where she's... um dating um Preston they have this like this fight and she's been going through this struggle since she started realizing that being in this relationship meant something different um about how she related to him and how she had to like submit and all this other different stuff but she says here that her faith couldn't stand up to that kind of relentless assault that it got weaker by the day from having to deny so much so often like can our heart just uh we've all been there right we've all tried to please god right thinking that this was the truth that this is what god wanted us to do and this is she's saying the relentless assault to have to deny so much so often that constant battle within your mind to deny yourself the struggle is real the struggle is painful the struggle is hard because you're denying who you are right it's not an action and what jackie talks about that i shared earlier um this week on the page her understanding of it is this just like how in the garden adam and eve had a desire to eat of the fruit and god gave the commandment don't eat of this fruit because this is going to kill you okay it's gonna produce death in you all right now death wasn't the immediate physical death because it took them like a thousand years to die but it was the death of being separated from god it was the death of having fear and shame because all those things those emotions are actually what equals to perishing in the bible okay so she's saying they had the desire to eat right they had the desire for something God said not to have the desire for. They went ahead and did it. Um, so you cannot trust your desire, okay, um, at all. We have to submit our desires to God. I agree with that. Let me tell you why. The point where she comes in with the commandment of God is not where God started. God created Adam and Eve, human beings, with the natural drive to eat. Follow me here, right? The natural, innate survival instinct to eat. The commandment came in to help them choose what to eat, okay? So I think Jackie started, you know, her process starts in the middle. Maybe that's where Calvinists start, which, yeah, it makes sense. But we really should start where we are is this is who we were created to be. This is natural, okay? This is instinctive to us. And so us being um, queer people, God gives us direction on what type of relationship that's either going to produce life for us or what's going to produce death for us. That toxic, you know, Coach K was just talking about this yesterday, those toxic relationships that you can't find a way out of, okay? And maybe God told you before you made that phone call or before you said hi or after that first conversation and God said, uh-uh, okay, not good for you. That is where the commandment of God comes in. It doesn't come in at the place of your identity and how you were created. 
Let it sizzle in your spirit, okay? So let it sizzle, let it sizzle, let it sizzle. So that's where the issue is for me because I tried to follow her logic because I was trying to understand where she was coming from. Um, as someone who's a coach and a teacher, you have to read books from an objective standpoint. Now, I'll let you, let, let you know this. When I got to the last chapter, I was being very subjective. But in the beginning, I tried to understand where sis was coming from. And the logic just wasn't lining up. Another contradiction that she has is that she had to relearn how to be a woman, but then later on rejected what culture says femininity is. So if we're allowed to reject what femininity is defined by the culture, why can you not reject what society and culture says about what a normal relationship is? Yeah, because um, she says like, you know, the Bible never says anything about women wearing pink and all this stuff, but the Bible definitely talks about women wearing jewelry and all that stuff. Okay, are you submitting to that? But you're not. You're saying like, you know what? I'm not gonna be a woman the way that you're expecting me to be a woman. Kudos for that, because I'm all I'm all about the feminist, you know, women defining who they are. I'm all for it. I agree with that. But how come that logic and that way of thinking doesn't carry on to the rest of everything? Okay. And I really believe that maybe if Jackie had more representation of people. Um, like me, people like Kevin Garcia, Matthias, right? Even shows like with Brenda Davies, The God is Gray, that they're a representation of people who were able to reconcile both their faith and their sexuality and still serve God powerfully and be used by God powerfully, that maybe this story would have turned out differently, okay? There was just not any representation when she was growing up because me and her were like almost the same age and there wasn't. We didn't have that. There was one option, deny it and keep it moving. All right, serve God, right? Okay, now um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. So one of the options for how Jackie says we can change is through God performing miracles. And then the second option is where I got angry. Hmm. So she says, crucify yourself. Nail yourself to the cross daily and die a bloody, excruciating death until your same-sex feelings go away or until you die. It's called endurance. And I wrote in my notes here, WTF. That is what she says, okay? And that really broke my heart and I, start, I started to understand why this messaging because the whole book i mean it's just it was a the beginning part <coughs> excuse me are just a really honest look at someone's journey and you can't tell anybody what their story is you know so i'm not i'm not here to d determine what her story is i don't know she's telling me i'm gonna be there you know but um she says here that the discussion is difficult because we don't want to talk about endurance because um a discussion regarding enduring powerful, sometimes unrelenting temptation of same-sex attraction will only be occasional. Like we think that we will only have to fight it once in a while, but she's saying that we need endurance because this is a fight that we have to nail ourselves to the cross. And she uses the example of Jesus being in the garden, um, not in the garden, yeah, the garden of Gethsemane. 
and having to fight um, this this uh, will of God, and there was only one way out that he had to endure the cross. Okay, so she's not seeing it as if like, well, the whole purpose of Jesus doing that is so that we would had to. He was the perfect sacrifice. Okay, Hebrews ten. If you're wondering about it, go read Hebrews ten. If you're wondering about the truth of that. Um, and Galatians and Romans, I think four to eight. Okay. If you don't know the, um, the scripture, when it comes to what it means, when Jesus, like the work that he did was perfect. Okay. When he said it was finished, he really meant it was finished. He didn't call us to suffer the same way that he did because then what's the point? Why, why you even like, for what reason? What, what Cardi B say? What's the reason? All right. If they knew that following Jesus not only meant eternal life, but also a crucified one, crucifixion, uh, what is it? Crucifixions. Crucifixions were not only excruciating, but they were slow. So this is the this is the life that we were supposed to expect: excruciating, slow death, being nailed to the cross. Girl, bye. Um. <clears throat> wow. I just, being crucified may certain that death would arrive, but then, but when it chose to cut short, the bloody waiting dependent on time. Like she's really referencing here when you're crucified to the cross and that time that you have to wait to die is how our life is supposed to, that we're supposed to expect this. Girl, mm. Being disconnected from the historical understanding of crucifixion. Uh, why can I say that? Crucifixion. As it relates to time and not just pain, may be the reason for our partial grasp of Jesus' words. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and daily follow me. We know this verse means dying to self, but how often have we seen in it the kind of patient daily drawn out dying that will come of wearing our own cross why and she says this death that we go through is a death that we have to experience again day after day not just for a season for a lifetime until we discover it dead finally or i guess we go on to heaven what type of bull excuse my language what type of bulls is she talking about now this is ridiculous literally ridiculous and then she says here that if you're not if jesus had been had chosen not to go to the cross it would mean that he didn't love god as much as he thought he did because he wasn't willing to be separated from god which means that that the relationship that he had with god really wasn't as important to him as he thought it was Obedience for those who are SSA, sex, same-sex attracted, deals in the terrifying because it means the deny. And she admits this. I just can't understand why it's so hard. She admits this. Because it means denying the body, which I, I guess she only thinks that your sex, same-sex attraction is just from the body. Um, to deny the body of what often feels as natural as smiling. SSA is usually not concocted 
or becoming of a particular imagination. It's a real affection experienced by real people. So when commanded not to act out of these affections, even when they pulse through the body loud enough to make a sound, it takes an unearthly commitment to self-denial. Now, someone who, let me play devil's advocate to myself in this conversation right now. Someone who is listening to this could say, well, nobody told you the Christian life is supposed to be easy. Nobody told you that it was supposed to be, um, you know, rainbows and ponies. We are supposed to die every day. We are supposed to deny the flesh, right? We are supposed to um, lay ourselves down and sacrifice ourselves and crawl up. You know, if you've been in the church any length of time, um, the thing they tell you from Romans 12, 1 and 2, the problem with the living sacrifice is that it keeps crawling off the altar, that we are supposed to sacrifice ourselves on the altar of obedience to God. Um, that's what Christianity is. And this is what I would say to those people. The works of the flesh produce harm to yourself and to others, okay? Lying, cheating, murdering, being angry, being selfish, being full of pride. You know why it's called the works of the flesh? Because we were not created to live outside of love. So anything that comes outside of love, you're working on that thing because it's natural for you to be loving. It's natural for us to be kind. That is how we were created. The image of God is not me having a face with two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, and two ears. That is not the image of God. Us being created in the image of God is being created in the heart and the spirit of God. God is what? God is love. That is who we're created. Our entire being is wired to love. Okay, so the works of the flesh that I'm sacrificing is not something against who I am, is not something against my identity, is actually me getting rid of the things that do not align with who I am in Christ. That's the works of the flesh. You read, you read Galatians 5, um, is it, I think it starts maybe at 20 to 22. The works of the flesh are very clear, okay? Sexual immorality in the Bible, that word fornication, actually means whoremonger. It's talking about people who are breaking covenants and going and paying and buying sex, okay? Using other people for sex. It's not talking about masturbation, okay? Be kind to yourself. We talked about that before. Go listen to the podcast. Um, it's not talking about that. So the crucifying of the flesh, the body of sin, is the thing that kept us in our mind, which our mind, once sin entered, the reason why Adam and Eve said um, God can't find us because shame entered, okay? They had, they developed a consciousness of guilt, okay? An evil consciousness. When you are guilty, the Bible says that is an evil conscious, okay? So that evil consciousness entered in and separated us from God. The Bible says you are enemies in your own mind. Not in God's mind, because while we were still sinners, Christ came. So I'm not, God's not, 
God didn't make, you know, God, I'm not an enemy in God's mind because he created us. God says, if I were to pay attention to y'all, child, I would have wiped y'all a long time ago. But I know where you get dust to dust, okay? I know you couldn't handle if I was mad at you for real, for real. Um, so I'm going to be merciful and compassionate to you because I love you. You're not an enemy to me. You are an enemy in your own mind because you're guilty, okay? Why are you guilty? Because there's a real enemy out here that's doing overtime work to make us feel shameful, make us feel condemned. Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? Condemnation, guilt, shame, shame. Why would a God create, who created us to be loved and to have a relationship with us want to invite shame into our lives to keep us separate from him? Absolutely not. And again, John 17, 3, my favorite scripture, Jesus came for us to have an intimate relationship with God. Okay? That's the truth. So anything that's keeping us away from that, Jesus came to close the gap. That whole Gethsemane, the blood, Coming, the, the blood, um, sweat, going on the cross, being separated from God was so that we could never, ever experience separation from God again. Not to say in order for you to come to God, you need to suffer an excruciating slow death every single day. No. The reason you need to crucify your flesh, the flesh is the unrenewed mind. The flesh is the, the part of your mind, the negative ego. Okay, your ego part of yourself that says that you're separate from God. That's the flesh. And if I'm separate from God, I'm going to be prideful. I'm going to think I'm my own God. I'm going to cheat, steal, and kill because I don't think I have anybody protecting me. I don't have anybody looking out for me. I'm the only one looking out for myself. And so I'm going to operate and move in that way. That's the flesh. Not your orientation, not your identity, okay? Not at all. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I just, whew. Okay? If you ever wondered about what the flesh that you're supposed to be crucifying is, that's the flesh you're supposed to be crucifying. The part of you that makes you act in a way that's unloving. And the only way that we can be loving is to receive the love from God. God didn't call you to be a great lover of God. The first thing is, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Now go and love other people, okay? The flow is, you receive the love from God first, you love yourself, then you're able to love other people. It doesn't happen the other way around, okay? So, if you're struggling with this and you have ex-gay people coming up to you and saying, you know what, I used to be gay and now I'm straight, call bullshit on it because they're not. You're using your willpower to live an excruciatingly painful life the rest of your days. Can God um, honor where your faith is and give you peace in that season? Absolutely. I, I believe that. I do believe that. If that is where your faith is, God's going to meet you there. But is he the one calling you to struggle this this type of thing, this thing that um, Miss Jackie Hill is talking about? Absolutely not. Because then what's the point of John 10.10? 10? I've come for you to have life and life more abundantly. What type of life? That's not, that's not abundant life to me. 
And if people want to liken themselves with Paul and Paul suffered and did that, you don't have the type of revelation that God gave Paul and he had to endure all the things that he had to endure. You do not. Okay. Um, you're not Paul. Pipe down a little bit. Come down a few, come down a few, few revelations. Okay. You're not him at all. Okay. Now, um, the other truth is 99% of conversion therapies have failed. So there is no person that can tell you for real, for real, that their orientation or their sexual identity has changed. I have yet to meet one and I've seen a lot. You let me know. Okay. You're not Paul, right? <laughs> Art of loving. You're not Paul and you definitely don't want to be okay. Nordia don't want to be Paul. Paul went through a lot. He got whipped many a time. I don't want that life. Okay, I think his eyes got plugged. I don't want that life. Paul, thank you for going ahead. Thank you for being the one, okay? Because you know what? In Western Christi uh, Christianity, we really don't know what um, what persecution is, okay? A little, a little nasty of <laughs> social media comment is not persecution. There are actual people in other parts of the world um, in Africa and Asia that are dying for their faith, okay? And when you, I don't know that in conversation with those people in those times where they're being persecuted, that their main concern is gonna be who you sleeping with or who you fall in love with. No, it's about always, and I'll, we're always gonna get back to the calling, calling us up higher, right? Your identity is a part of who you are. The commandment of God is to help you choose right partnerships and then also beyond that, because you're a whole person. You're not just your identity, okay? You're not just gay. You're not just bisexual. You're not just queer. You're not just trans. There's more to you that God has created you for. He said he's created us for good works, that you are a masterpiece of God, okay? If you haven't heard it today, you are a masterpiece of God, including your sexuality, that God's called you to do something. Let's get on with the doing of it. Okay, if you need some help, obviously I'm here. That's what I do. You know, I help LGBTQ plus Christians make peace with their faith and their sexuality. If all of this that I'm saying to you is triggering you in some kind of way and you need somebody to talk to, um, you want to work with me, click the link in my bio. I think it's the second button in the link instead of a free call with me today. Okay, um, let's see here. Questions? Okay. So you cannot change your identity. You can choose to deny it. Um, you can choose to force yourself, which is what sis is doing, okay? Which she's not really forcing herself. Um, God, she actually developed real feelings for her husband. Um, it doesn't mean that the, your identity, the way you manage your identity is not, it's not stronger than your willpower, right? So our drive to eat, we can go on hunger strikes, Okay, we can choose not to eat certain things. Your identity isn't stronger than your will, but your will has an expiration date. Okay, because you will come to the end of yourself eventually. Um, I'm speaking from experience. All right. Let's see here. I think that's it. I think we're good on that. I think I covered everything. Um, I have, uh, I am going to keep it and it'll be a podcast that I'll post as well. How do you read stuff like this without being triggered by homophobia? As in like internalized homophobia? I can read and... I have to be honest that reading her book last night and getting to those last chapters, I wasn't triggered by any internalized homophobia. 
and I don't think, I don't want to call Jackie homophobic. I don't think she is. I was triggered by the misrepresentation of God. That's what gets me riled up. The misrepresentation of God. Um, because there is a stark difference between people who treat themselves like Job in the Bible and how Jesus modeled a relationship with God for us, okay? Because Job, people are like, oh, I'm Job, I'm going through all this stuff. Job's relationship with God was one of master and servant, okay? He didn't have, he didn't have intimate relationship with a loving God. Let's not even go to Jesus. The, the difference between Job's relationship and David's relationship, David the king, okay? Completely different. So there are people in the body of Christ who feel very comfortable. Um, I know a few of them, okay? Who feel more comfortable being in a relationship with God where God is a sovereign master up there with a, a gavel in his hand ready to judge your every movement. And I don't know how we skip, skip this when Jesus is talking. Jesus says, I'm not judging you. And he doesn't even say it's God's law. He says Moses' law is judging you. That's y'all stuff, okay? You like, it's kind of like a personal pride of me. <laughs> she was like, I'm not here to do that. Child, please. I'm already giving my whole life. I'm already dying for you. Why am I here to judge you? The only thing I'm saying, can you believe me? Do you believe me that I love you? Do you believe that I was willing to give my life for you? Do you believe it? Can you believe it? Will you believe me? Will you love me? Jesus like, will you be my Valentine, boo? Okay. Will you be my Valentine? All right. That's, that's exactly what the cross was saying. And the Bible says that it was the joy set before Jesus that he endured the cross. Now, Jackie has a different saying of that, which is knowing God. Uh, but the joy set before Jesus was that Jesus was setting us free from the fear of death, setting us free from separation. He was happy because he was like, my brothers and sisters are coming home. That was the joy. It's always about relationship. Always about relationship. Okay. Let's see here. This question. Um, David Bennett is a celibate side B Christian. Just to let you know before you read this book. Awesome. How do you cope with people? Oh, wait, let me put it on the screen. Um, how do you cope with people who don't agree with this? And no matter what you do or say to them, they won't, they won't change their minds. First of all, well, um, it's not our job to change their mind. It's not our job to change their mind. You have to be okay with people not agreeing with you, even if those people are in your family. If you're thinking about coming out to your family and they're very conservative and you need some help with that, I have a, a ebook in the in the in the link in my bio that can help you. Okay, give you five really good steps on how to do that with grace and love and respect. Um, but it's not our job to change people's minds. That's not why we're here. Uh, I think Timothy talks about it, where it's just like, why are you engaging in foolish disputes? There's so many other things we need to be worried about. Are we walking in the power that God gave us? Are we healing people, delivering people? Like we are the sickest generation alive. Why is that? Where is the church? Okay. Um, where is our delivering power? Where is our healing power? Where is, where is our love? Black Eyed Peas. Where is the love? Okay. That is the most important thing that we should be majoring on having a PhD in is love. And we are not even there. So the person that doesn't agree with you, you can still love them and honor them where they are, okay? They're in their process and that's okay, right? If Jesus could come down with all of the intelligence that he developed by being here on earth and still talk to people like Peter, 
I love Peter so much. I feel so like in line with Peter because Peter would just say all types of stuff out of his mouth, huh? Wouldn't he? Say all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's not it's not your job to to change anybody's mind. The job of changing somebody's mind is the Holy Spirit. Okay, so pray for them. Whatever you have to do. Um, any other questions for our conversation today? Thank you all so much for joining me, um, podcast people. Thank you for listening. I hope you join me on the live next time. We'll be going live Thursdays at three p.m. for at least the next six weeks. Um, if it works out with my schedule, if something pops up, we'll just go live on Saturday at 5, but obviously you'll know. And also, um, there's a giveaway going on right now. If you're not familiar with Naked Pastor, um, he has all those fun deconstruction um, cartoons that you can put on a mug, on a hoodie. I did the gift card to be $50, so you can at least buy. I think the most expensive thing I saw on the website was like $45 or $40. So the gift card is $50. Um, that you can win in the giveaway and you have to follow me um, What's the other thing share one of my favorite contents? Um, either in your stories or on your page and then tag me on you had to do all three and then you get entered into the drawing And I'm gonna be calling the winner on Monday. All right, so make sure you join um, Go take part in the giveaway so you can get that and I'll probably sh try to share some different you know art from from his on the um, on my stories and then somebody I did a, uh, a poll asking people if I should write a book still gay <laughs> God still good okay still a gay girl I'm not a gay girl I'm queer I'm bi but still queer girl still good God okay been good God all right all right thank you all so much for joining me do we have any other last questions I know there are probably questions scroll in the comments that I probably missed but that's all right I love y'all anyway. So um, thank you for joining me. I will see you all later. Bye.